Hey everybody, welcome to the Pull Up Podcast. We are attempting to do a live show. So welcome to the show, anybody who's listening live or listening after on the recorded version. There will be no intro now uh, since we are live, but I'm really glad to have you guys here. I'm a little frustrated, so I'm just going to vent with you for a little bit. I had Raw Talk 305 in my house recording for two hours last night. Two hours. It was a blast. We talked about everything and anything. And my Mac got rid of all my files. So I lost everything. We have absolutely nothing to show for it. Thank God that Ellie and George are great sports and they have been generous enough to offer to come back. So we will still have an episode with George and Ellie from Raw Talk 305 uh, in the coming weeks. And then I sat down to record an episode for tomorrow because we normally go live tomorrow. And I lost 26 minutes of talk time. 26 minutes. I was so upset. So anyway, there's a couple of things that I really wanted to talk about this week. Things that have been on my mind. Um, I actually follow someone by the name of Tess Holiday on Instagram. Um, if you've seen her, she is a model. I'm not quite sure if she's an actress, but she is a plus size model. She's a very body body positive. Um, and I, I have... I have a question to put out there to the universe. Since when is it not okay to be both body positive and make an effort to be a healthy individual? I don't understand that contradiction. We have some women on social media platforms that have decent followings who are larger women who love their bodies and you go, girl, you know, like, do you. But when these women make an attempt to become healthier, work out, exercise, you know, eat right, uh, they get bashed. Now, why is that? I just don't understand that mentality. Because I don't think, I think that they're two separate things. And I think that people confuse the two things uh, to be the same. So I can be someone who is very body positive, yet still someone who cares about my health. And I'm sorry, I may offend a couple of people, but there is no way that someone like Tess Holiday is healthy. And this is coming from a girl who's not a small girl. You know, there's just no way. The amount of fat, literal scientific fat deposits in your body, the amount of stress that that's putting on your organs, on your knees, on your joints, all your joints, everything, it cannot be good for you. So it's it's really been bugging me because I also follow a young woman who's on YouTube and she is, uh, she's on uh, YouTube as Learning to Be Fearless. She's fantastic. I love her. I've been following her for years. I've been watching her videos for years. She has fluctuated. Um, she's been very transparent with her struggles and with her weight and self-acceptance, all the good stuff. 
and she had lost some weight. She her engagement a couple of years back fell apart. She had a, told everybody that she was emotionally eating. She gained a crap ton of weight. And she found a man she fell in love with. They're married. She's happy. And she's taking steps in her life to become a healthier person. Now, she loves her body because there's no way that you can dress the way that she dresses. Do the things that she does. I mean, she does like lingerie try-on hauls. And this is a girl, I think, who wears like a 4X? 5X? I don't remember. Please don't come for me. It's a couple of X's. So she obviously has confidence, but she wants to be healthier. And people are destroying her in these comments. There is an entire channel dedicated to hating on this one woman who's done absolutely nothing to anyone. So I'm just kind of dumbfounded over it. It really bugs me because we're we're so quick to say oh accept the body as it is accept the body as it is yet you still attack the Victoria's Secret models for being too thin so why can't a thin woman accept and love her body being thin or can't I'm sorry why can't a thin woman accept that body and love that body as it is and a fat woman can. So you you can't complain about a double standard and then give one. It's ridiculous. So if you want to accept that your body at X pounds, 300 pounds, 400 pounds, 500 pounds, whatever, is beautiful, then you got to accept when homegirl's body over there, 80 pounds, 90 pounds, 100 pounds, is beautiful. And if you're willing to accept that 600-pound body as something that is beautiful, then you better be willing to accept that 80-pound body as beautiful and and not come at people telling them that they need to have a cheeseburger or they look anorexic or they look bulimic. I mean, like, who does that? That's another double standard. You know, I haven't experienced that, or maybe I haven't been big enough to experience I've never experienced somebody coming up to say, you are morbidly obese. You must be an emotional eater. I've never had anybody do that. But I can guarantee you I've had some of my thin friends have people come up to them and go, really should put some meat on those bones. How is that okay? So at what point do, do we actually embrace what we're saying? Practice what you preach. You have to practice what you preach. You cannot come on and tell people it is not okay to look the way that you look, but accept me as I am. So it's just one of the contradictions that has been really, really, really getting to me. I, I can't, I can't stomach it. And then this whole diet culture thing, diet teas. It, it, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. And we need to stop tearing people down because they feel one way or the other. So diet culture, you know, fat bodies, thin bodies, they're all bodies. I don't get it. Feminism is supposed to be 
women united, I think, right? It's my own personal definition of feminism. But you're so far removed from that. The people who are saying we need to get together and we need to fight for, you know, women who breastfeed in public and, you know, wearing pussy hats and doing all these different things that are supposed to empower women are the same women who are tearing other women apart because they have different political views or they parent differently or they they did formula instead of breastfeeding or I mean I don't understand this why can we not live and let live and society has so easily taken this on and said that it's okay you can't have it both ways you can't go on TV. I mean, Alyssa Milano, I'm sorry. I love her. I have always loved her. As a kid, I loved her. When she was on, um, was it Charmed? I loved her. But she's very outspoken and she's very, you know, left-leaning, which is fine. Do you? I respect that. I, I may not agree with it, but that's not your problem, not my problem. So, but she's so, if you've ever heard her speak, she talks about breastfeeding and she talks about, you know, empowerment and, you know, we need a president who's gonna, you know, respect women. And I mean, if we're going to get into that conversation, that's a whole other can of worms. The whole president to be and with women and stuff like that. At what point do we stop being PC is my question. Because being politically correct is exhausting. You have to think about every word that's coming out of your mouth. You have to think about every possible spirit that the sentence can be taken in. The things that our now president has said prior to being elected about women are significantly less severe or less sexist, I guess. I, I'm, words fail me. But it's, it's, have you ever listened to a group of men talk in a locker room? Because I played sports in high school and the girls locker room was right next to the guys locker room. And it was very easy to hear when the conversations got a little loud, one talking about the other and whatever, the things that men say in locker rooms, I mean, it is what it is, man. It is what it is. Does it... Do you not think that Bill Clinton has ever said something similar to that effect or in his private life? Because when that was said, it was said to another man with the thought that there was privacy. You know, how many times have men said, oh, I did this, that, and the other with her, and I did this, that, and the other with her? And it's a bunch of bullshit, but he still said it because he was being big man on campus. And to me, that, that that's one of those situations. Does it mean it's okay? No. But you can't, you can't point or you can't call the kettle black when you know in society these things happen all the time. So, again, another one of the things that, uh, that really bugs me. Uh, and, and this is not a political statement. This is just purely understanding that people have their own views and that's okay 
and they don't have to be like yours. I have very strong political views. I would love for someone to come onto my podcast and have a conversation about politics, but a real conversation. No, oh, you're a bigot, you're this. No, no, no. It's not a personal attack. It is an actual conversation about what your views are and why. And they don't have to be this candidate or that candidate. They have to be this topic, right-leaning, left-leaning. This is how I feel. This is why I feel that way. X, Y, and Z person supports this, which in turn makes me support this person. But it has to be a tier. You can't just jump to one candidate because they're the Republican candidate or one candidate because they're the Democratic uh, candidate. Or, I mean, you can't. How are you making an informed decision at that point? You're not. So I would love if any of my friends, if anyone is listening who would want to have this kind of conversation, I would love to talk to you about it. But again, a very respectful conversation because I have my views. I feel very strongly about them. And I can give you an example as to why I feel the way that I feel about them. But I'm also open to someone else knowing more than me. And that's okay. It's okay for people to know more than you. It is impossible that every person you come across, you're going to have something on. And that's, I think, part of the problem, too, is that we're in a society where everything is flashy. And when I say flashy, I mean we're always, especially now in quarantine, we're always highlighting. We continue to provide our highlight reels. And it's something that I touched on in the very first like preview episode of the podcast a couple weeks ago. You cannot judge everyone's life on the highlight reel because it's not the reality of their life it is what they want you to see and I think I'm kind of going a little bit off topic but I also think it's important to discuss mental health is a big thing now that we're in quarantine I mean we're home like 90% at least for me like 98% of the time I think I've left home twice to go out to eat. And I mean, the restaurants that I went to were doing the six feet. I got to keep my paper menu. But I work from home. I obviously live at home. I eat at home. I will have company over now and then, depending on who it is. I've had more company now because... I'm doing my podcast, and I actually like to have guests in front of me. I like conversation to flow naturally. I like picking up on body language and those social cues that are very important for conversation. But we can't lose sight. You cannot lose sight because these are the things that once life opens up again will not be as prevalent So Facebook, Instagram, uh, you know, Snapchat, these are all things that make us feel more connected. But I can tell you for me, these things make me feel 
less connected. Why? Because nobody is putting up what's actually going on. Forget coronavirus. I don't even want to talk about coronavirus. Uh, that's like, I, I'm not a scientist. I don't know enough. Uh, they tell me to stay home. They're probably right. It's probably safer for me at home. I have my own germs here. I control who comes in and out. We're not talking about that. But at some point, it, it has become a source of stress. Don't we have enough stress in our lives? Like, that that's what life all, really, as for me at least, as an adult single individual who has to work to keep a roof over my head. I'm not a, a dual income household. Life is stress. The bills, the rent, the light, the cable, the internet, all these things, right? So when I go on my phone, what I want to do is escape. That's the purpose for me. But what happens when you go on your phone? When you go on your Instagram, when you go on your Facebook, you start, you know, sliding through your feed. Oh, look how perfect. I'm at the pool again for the fourth time this week. Oh, look, perfect. Look how beautiful I look with all my makeup on at 11 o'clock in the morning in the middle of my workday. And listen, I'm just as guilty. Every now and then, I want to put up a cute picture. I want to put some makeup on. But guess what? I'm talking to you from my couch in my pajamas. My hair is a mess. I have no makeup on. And and that's okay. Because that's the reality of the life we're living in right now. And you cannot allow those things that you're seeing to affect your mental health. And this is another reason why I'm a huge advocate, huge advocate for coming off of social media. And it's a shame. It's a huge shame because the whole purpose of me having, at least personally, my Facebook is because I want to stay connected to family overseas, to friends, to acquaintances, to people I've worked with. But I can't. For my own mental health, I cannot. And sometimes we need to make those decisions. What is affecting my mental health and what can I do to correct it? Because at the end of the day, your mental health is your responsibility. And I know that that sounds really harsh. But this is coming from someone. I, I mean, I've had doctors say to me, well, you know, you're, you're just you're a little chronically depressed. And that may be true. I may have depressive tendencies, but I am in control. And I think that people need to start taking accountability for that. What makes you depressed? Stay away from that. The stove is hot. That's why we don't touch it. It's the same thought process. And I'm not saying it's easy because it's not. And when you fall into that funk, you have to claw your way out but it's your responsibility to claw your way out it's nobody's job to jump in and push you out so that's I mean that's another big thing for me and and you know I deal with a lot of things in my personal life that would explain why I feel that way I mean I am a chronically ill person and I don't mean mentally ill I mean physically ill and I think that that obviously affects my mood. 
I have chronic pain. I am in pain every moment of every day of my life. And that's a reality of my life. And it has been. And I'm really great at hiding it. I am like, I should, I, you know what? I should be an actress because nobody, nobody knows when I'm in pain unless it's really, really bad. And when it's really, really bad, my mental health takes a nosedive. And that's okay. Because life is what it is. But it's up to me to talk myself out of that. And from experience, I can tell you when you suffer from chronic pain, when your mental state is just in that pain, all I can think about is just not existing anymore. I I just, I don't, I don't want to feel, I just want the pain to stop. And I think it's a good comparison because I feel physical pain, but there's so many people out there who feel emotional pain. And we're also scarred. We're also imperfect. If our reels on our Facebooks could reflect who we actually are and the struggles that we have, maybe, just maybe, we would actually be more connected. Because I wouldn't be thinking about such and such is at her pool for the third time today. I'd probably be thinking, wow, such and such is at her pool for the third time. I'm so glad that she's relieving some stress after her, whatever, her dog died or her grandmother passed away or whatever it may be. Because don't let anybody fool you. We all have shit. Nobody's life is perfect. No matter how perfect it looks from the outside. So embrace who you are, what your struggle is, feel what you want to feel when you're feeling it, and move on. Because it's the only thing that we can do as people. And it's the only way that you're going to continue to evolve as a person. And that's only coming from my own personal experience. I am not a psychologist. I am not a medical professional. I am a woman who knows car insurance because that's what I do. I investigate car accidents. But I have these experiences in my life that have given me this insight. There's a group on Facebook, and it's specifically for people who have my illness. And it makes me so sad when I read through some of these posts. Because what it is is a support group. Right. And and I think it's such a beautiful place because it's one of the only places where people who really understand what you go through can talk about what they're actually going through and you get it. So there are people in my life, maybe my significant other, my parents, my closest friends who know exactly what I deal with, but they don't really know. And when you read through some of these Facebook comments that are posted, it's, I mean, they're talking about their wife left them because they're in so much pain that they can't have sex or they can't perform or, you know, they can't work. They can't hold down a job. They're losing their house. They, They got 
you know, they got rejected for social security or disability again and again and again. And I can tell you one of the, one of the most memorable conversations I had within this group, I had put a comment up when I was in my deep, dark place. And that, that's what I personally call when I am like in pain to the point where I, like I said, I just, I don't want to exist anymore. Right. So when I was in the deep, dark place, I, I put a comment and I was like, I, some, no, I'm lying. Somebody wrote, describe what pain feels like to you. And that was such a loaded question for me in that mental state. I put something like, it hurts me to my soul. Like it hurts my soul. It changes who I am. It changes how I view life. And then I made a comment later down the exchange that said, the moment you get a relief from pain, it's incredible how your thoughts change. How things go from black to gray to light gray to white. You know, you're, you're crawling out of that deep, dark place. In that instance, there's a physical reason why. But I think that that's a great comparison to the mental struggle of getting out of the deep, dark place. So I think that's where I'm going to wrap it up. I, I got into a lot more than I really originally wanted to talk about, but it is what it is. And that's why we have a podcast. And I hope that you guys will stick around and I hope that you start to listen and I hope that we start to have more constructive conversations. And it's so important because I feel that society has gotten to a point where we can't talk anymore. We can't talk on a human level. We can't talk on a political level. We can't talk on a politically correct level. Why? So uh, as long as we can continue to have these conversations, it, it won't be completely lost on us. And, and the goal with the Pull Up podcast is that people pull up, we talk about things, we disagree. I don't want to have people on my show that I agree with everything that they say. I want to have a heated debate, a real debate with facts and information in a respectful way. And I think that that's what society is missing right now. So I hope that you guys, you know, stick around. I hope that you start to listen. Um, and yeah, pull up podcast is available on Instagram. We do have an Instagram page. I don't post that much. I need to get better. I need like a social media savvy person to like, let me know what to do. I, I just don't even know what to post. I mean, do you guys want to see me in my pajamas recording on the couch? I, that's why I have a podcast and not a YouTube. Oh, anyway. So the Pull Up Podcast is on Instagram, the underscore pull up underscore podcast. Make sure you follow us. We are on Podbean, Spotify, and iTunes. So check us out. And new episodes are out every Wednesday, except for this week, because we do have a live show that has gone on now for a little uh, 28 minutes, something of that nature. So I hope that you guys follow us. I hope that you continue to check it out. I I'm sorry that we didn't have our full-blown conversation with Raw Talk 305. Like I said, 
technical difficulties. Guys, I lost two hours of recording time. Two hours. <laughs> and then 26 minutes before this live show. So I need to get a drink of water. I hope you guys enjoyed. I hope that next time we can become more involved. I hope you guys send me messages. Tell me what you want to talk about. You know? And I don't want to really talk about clothes and shoes and stuff like that. I want to talk about real things. What makes you tick? What makes you who you are? Because that's what's important. We need to embrace our differences. All right, everybody. I love you guys. Talk to you next week. Bye, everyone.